Welcome to Frankly Speaking Podcast. What it do, what it do, what it do. Welcome to the first ever episode eight of Frankly Speaking Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the clip in the beginning. That was Dr. Joel Pukram. And uh, I'm happy you all are here. I'm happy you're tuning in. And uh, we got a pretty interesting topic for you today. So, but let's go ahead and uh, jump into the media corner. So in Media Corner today, uh, still reading one of the books that I told you about last week or the week before, uh, Oscar Wilde, and the book is is fantastic. You know, it definitely deserved all the awards that it's that it's got, uh, especially being about Afro Latina family. Uh, from Dominican Republic. It's a, it's a fantastic book. Uh, also, uh, I've been really 
uh, I've been picking up with my meditation again uh, daily. I was off and on with it for a little while, but <clears throat> for the last couple of days here, I've been pretty back on it and very conscious about doing it. And uh, a book popped in my head that I didn't finish, so I'm going to start from the beginning, and it's uh, Egyptian Yoga by Mawata Ashby. And uh, I'm going to dive back into that book and, you know, see where that takes me, you know, so um, haven't really been watching too many shows. My show that I was watching went off, you know, the boys went off. If you haven't seen that uh, Lovecraft Country, of course, we spoke about that a few times on the podcast. And uh, let me see what is there anything else I was watching besides those. Uh I mean, not really, you know, I, I, I do watch a little bit of, you know, Japanese animation. I, I told you all, like, I'm all, I'm all over the board. I watch a little bit of, of a lot of different things. You know, I don't pigeonhole myself into, uh, one category or genre or another, you know, whatever I like, I'll tend to check it out. One thing I have noticed, I haven't seen any of the new episodes of, uh, married at first sight uh since season nine i think that's the one with greg and deanna that was my favorite one and that was actually like the third you know reality tv show like that that i've ever watched in my entire life and i actually like that so i haven't looked in haven't seen anything like that uh come up across my my attention lately so but the main thing in the media corner that we're going to talk about right now is the ps5 and it's coming. So we got about, let's see, it. by the time you hear this, it'll probably be like the 4th or 5th of uh, November. So we got about 10 days or so, 10, 11 days left until PS5 dropped. Uh, the store called me and told me to come pick up my uh, extra controller. And listen, I was right there early in the morning to pick it up. And... Uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it's it's a good, you know, the PS4 did about seven, eight years or something like that. It's been a while. And uh, now the the speed of the next gen, because that's the biggest thing about these new generation of uh, consoles, is really the speed, you know, and how fast you can pick up the game. No load times, things like that. Uh, so, ladies, you know, I hope you uh, went ahead and pre-order your man a ps5 or if he's into uh the xbox and you know decent choice as well you know i'm a little partial to playstation i've I've had all the playstations i've had xbox the first xbox and that to me that was the best one uh but beyond that you know i haven't really got too much in the xbox but the little one wants a switch so uh we're gonna see about getting her that that's one of the few things that she's ever asked for by name and uh <laughs> it's so cute you know so uh apparently she must have played no she did play uh mario kart with a few friends uh maybe about a month ago and ever since then she's been you know it's the second time she's asked me for one when we went into gamestop to pick up the controller you know, she's like, look, daddy, the switch is right over there. 
we can get one today. And so she's like, you have all the money in your pocket. <laughs> cute. She's so cute. So, but that concludes Media Corner. So, again, it's just a recap. Uh, PS5 is coming out. Again, make sure you, or the new generation systems, Xbox as well. Uh, get If you're going to get it, see if, you know, it's, hopefully you got it. I can just tell you it was a it was a madhouse. I got lucky. Uh, I just end up walking into the GameStop and you know asked if they was pre-ordering, and uh, they were. They had about four left, so I got lucky on that. But that will conclude Media Corner. Next up is a new section of miscellaneous topics. What's up? What's up? So this part of the podcast going forward is a new section and this section will be called the divers report. And in the divers report, all it is, is we're just going to discuss uh, a plethora of different topics. You know, sometimes there might be one topic, there might be multiple topics or articles that I come across in my research or talking to people throughout the day that I'm like, yo, that, that's something that that's interesting. So in the divers report section, that's, it's going to be any, you know, any form of topic from maybe a paranormal story, paranormal story to, you know, maybe a story or article with a little bit of political edge to it, you know, or a tech edge, science edge, just some, you know, small miscellaneous things that probably wouldn't get uh, a full podcast topic, like in the main topic, per se. And so the first topic that I came across, <laughs> which, you know, as I said, it can be from any category. But this one is a political category. And let me read the title to you. U.S. Elections. Google search for liquor stores near me hits record high as anxiety hits new high right and then the bullet point right underneath of the uh main you know main title here that i just read according to google trends the maximum number of searches for liquor stores emerged from delaware with the lease from hawaii (laughs) so Biden's home state is Delaware and they're stressed out the most about this uh, (laughs) election. So you can, I mean, Delaware's drunk right now, either partying or worried about who's cheating on the ballots. You know, it's just a mess. But I found that article to be uh, quite entertaining and you can, and, and I'll link to all of these articles in the show notes but you can find that one at international business times uh and <laughs> stuff is crazy man there's it's a lot going on that uh that's 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 being covered up you know in terms of just because of this uh election race a lot of life going on outside of politics that isn't getting uh the light right now but so we move on to another article 
And this article is a little older, but for some reason, this article kind of popped up in my uh, in my search. And I think, you know, this article is going to kind of foreshadow what the main topic is. And uh, this article is called Can Our Bodies Predict the Predict the Future? And this article was written uh, or posted in 2012, however, from LiveScience.com. And this article talks about, uh, and it starts off, people's bodies know a big event is coming just before it happens, at least according to a new study. And they go on to say that when person uh when a big event is about to happen you know shortly before that event uh, people get stressed out you know they their brain waves heighten um their pupils dilate those type of things happen and and the reason why this article struck me is because i know that to be true in my own life you know i've always known that you know before something whether it's perceived as negative or positive before that thing that big thing happens you know something's up like your body is either stressed out or super excited I think we've all experienced that but more so right now especially what's happening in the world and in our own lives on our in our everyday lives I do think overall there's a consensus that something is happening we can't necessarily see it per se But we know, I mean, we see the nonsense that's going on. It's, you know, the political theater all across the planet in all countries. Um, How odd or weird some of our friends and family have been acting over the last few years or just this year, per se. You know, and it seems as if our bodies are everyone's stressed out. Everyone's in a heightened state uh, of of excitement and when you're in those type of states, it seems that you can perceive things that you normally wouldn't perceive, you know, so, um, you, I'll link to that article as well. If you're interested in reading that, it's a, it's a pretty short article, but, uh, I think that, um, it has a interesting connotation to it, especially what's going on, uh, in today's world and what's you know how our bodies can and our brains and spirits can kind of feel what's coming down the pike per se you you know if you look around there's a lot of people talking about you know on social media and in probably some of your circles your friend circles family circles those of us who are you know gun owners or people who you know if you don't own a gun you may be one that is always aware who might have a bug out bag or, you know, things like that. That's talking about, Hey, you know, make sure your family's good. Make sure your friends are good. Make sure your you know, your family, take care of your family, you know, uh, have a plan. If something goes down a meeting point, rendezvous point, such so on, you know, so on and so forth. And there's an increase in that. And I, cause I think that we're, are, we're picking up that something, you know, major is going to happen and it's going to shift our way of lives forever, you know, so, 
I felt that uh, that article was something to uh, to mention here in the divers report. Another article that I came across that has something to do with all of our lives at the moment is the title of this article. And you can find it at globalresearch.ca or you can just type in globalresearch.com and it'll pop up. And uh, this article is entitled that mass is giving you lung cancer. And uh, this article is written by a gentleman. He says he was a uh, his name is Guy Crittenden. Crittenden, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And uh, he says he was the editor of a trade magazine journal called Hazmat Management. And uh, he goes on to say the blue tip, the blue mass, these uh, surgical masks. He says that they're sterilized with ethanol oxide, a known carcinogen. And he states that many teachers in various school boards have been experiencing significant symptoms as a direct result of the effects of this chemical. The mass contains PTFE, which makes up Teflon along with other chemicals. And he says, I have found and posted the U.S. patent to allow manufacturers to use PTFE as a filter and chemical mass. Breathing these for extended periods can lead to lung cancer. So uh, another he also goes on to say here in the article, uh, you know, if you don't believe him to you know, look at look up the. OSHA reports on them and he also says if you have a weak immune system you may have to deal with the effects of your immune system working to restore balance within your metabolism uh, so then he also says here for the children um, he's talking about the mass that uh Let's see here. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about here. He's talking about the mask that the cloth mask that, you know, a lot of our children are wearing. And he says OSHA would never condone a person wearing a mask of this kind for anything more than the shortest time. Rebreathing your own viral debris is dangerous to your health and oxygen deprivation. Children suffer wearing such masks all day will certainly cause brain damage. You know, and he, so and he says, read the OSHA guidelines if you are curious about it. So and I'll read, you know, like I said, I'll link to all these articles if you want to uh, go ahead and dive into them yourself. So. And uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So one more here that we have that I that I found uh, was pretty interesting. And I won't read the entire article. I'll just read the uh, headline here. A new way to plug a human brain into a computer via brain via veins. Sorry. Electrodes threaded through the blood vessels that feed the brain. Let people control gadgets with their mind. And one of the examples they give in the article is 
they had two people that were paralyzed with the Lou Gehrig's disease and they did this procedure with them and they were able to text and scroll the internet. So there's one other thing that I want to dive into really quickly before we jump into the main topic tonight. Um, and it's this idea of being humble, right? So there's a difference. So when people say, you know, oh, you need to be humble, you you know, you're acting, you know, like you're better than everyone, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, you should not boast and all these type of things. I, I want to speak to that just real quick. So there's a difference between being humble and being modest. And I want I want to just display the differences between the two, because I don't think a lot of people understand the difference between the two of them. And everyone wants, especially growing up, you know, I got to put this. So growing up black and also, you know, in the Christian church, being humble is something that is seen as a, a high character standard. You know, it's something that, oh, you need, you know, they, they expect you to be. And I'm here to tell you that that is false. And let me read the three definitions or the definitions for humble for you. Having or showing a modest or low esteem of one's own importance. Similar words, meek, differential, submissive. Uh, definition two of low social, administrative or political rank. And and that's used as an adjective, as a verb. It means lower in dignity or important. So that's what humble means. So let me read the definition of modest. Modest, unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's own abilities or achievements. And that's pretty, I mean, relatively moderate, limited or small. So, uh, those are the definitions of humble and modest. And I want you, I mean, what I want to say about that is if you're doing something in life and you feel low as though you're doing the best and you're getting accolades for being the best at what you're doing, or you're getting accolades from others and families and friends that they acknowledge that you're really good at something. There's no need for you to be humble. You need to live in that because that's what's going to make you and push you to be better at your craft. That's going to push you to make you to be better at what you're trying to do and know that you're reaching the heights and the vision that you set for yourself. So I want you to, you know, kind of think about, you know, after reading, go look up the definitions for yourself, but think about why we're always told to be humble because versus other people you know if you're best in the world at something for example uh we all can look at uh the entertainers that are really really good you know kobe bryant michael jordan uh 
you know, on and on, the list goes on and on and on. Or if you know anyone in your own personal life that is really, really good at something. And, you know, and you're like, damn, man, you're like really great. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm all right, man. I ain't really that good. Trying to downplay yourself goes back so far and so deep that it's it, it really could be a topic for of its own because it's really deep rooted trying to downplay yourself so you won't be seen or picked off from the dominant society. You see what I'm saying? Because we're not supposed to, everyone else is not supposed to be dominant. You're not supposed to outshine the rest, but you are. Especially when you're walking your own path and doing what you're supposed to do. There's no space for being humble. You see. There's no space for being modest and, you know, limiting or making yourself small so other people can feel comfortable. That is you're setting yourself up for for failure because what happens is that then after a while it starts to eke in to your work ethic it starts to eke into how you see yourself and that can take it i mean attitude is the ingredient that separates the greats from the not so greats there's plenty of people with brilliant talent there's plenty of basketball players football players you know scientists etc etc that never made it because of their attitude. And the reason why was because they were trying to play humble more than the people who did made it. So that's all I wanted to uh, talk about. That was the last, you know, little topic that we wanted to dive into in the Divers Report. And we're going to move on to the main topic. Welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, we're going to jump right into the main topic tonight. And tonight, what we're going to be talking about is uh, something that I think is missing from a lot of our lives, and especially now with everything going on and everyone stressed out. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if you're working out, if you're you know, meditating, it, you know, you, you feel like you're going to church every Sunday, you're reading your Bibles or your Qurans. Uh, it makes no difference. Everyone is on edge. Everyone is stressed out one way or the other. And I think now more than ever before, um, there's a consensus amongst all people that something is happening and it's pretty big and it's going to change the way our societies are set up you know for the duration of you know the time that we have on the planet and for the generations coming right and one thing that I want to talk about and I think that is going to help a lot of us uh, in a way where we're all searching for answers too, you know, because just talking to people and listening 
a lot of listening, actually. Uh, what I'm noticing is even if you have your traditional ways of, you know, kind of coping with your stress and the added stress of the nonsense going on all around us. It seems as if people are still searching for answers that they're not finding in their place that they usually will find it at. They're not finding it the answer in their Bibles. They're not finding the answers from their pastors. They're not finding the answers via, you know, their yoga sessions or working out. Although these things do help some for, you know, whichever one that you use, it helps somewhat, but it's still something else is missing. It feels like from people's lives or people's mental states, because it seems like they're unsatisfied now with the answers that they were using before to cope now it seems like they need to go a step further for answers that they're not finding you know from their traditional places so i think this is a good time to get into uh the universal laws and i think learning these laws and aligning yourself and aligning your life with these laws are going to help <laughs> help me help you know everyone else that listens to this podcast kind of redirect themselves and find the answers that they need or put them on the path to finding the answers that they need so what I'm going to be speaking about is the seven laws of the universe. However, I'm only going to focus on the first three, the first immutable laws. So there are seven laws to the universe. And um, the first three are immutable. They're eternal, basically. And they can't be changed or transcended. All things in the universe follow these particular laws three laws because you know that's just how the universe is set up and these things aren't something that someone knew someone knew wrote these are laws that pretty much you can find throughout all things whether it's antiquity if you want to go back as far you know the furthest uh groups of people who lived on the earth you know the the blacks in uh in africa uh, the Dogon tribes, their cosmology, the ancient Kemites, their cosmology, <clears throat> even the Native Americans here, you know, in the North American hemisphere, their cosmology as well, all predate the new big three religions by hundreds of thousands of years. And even with the new religions, these tenets are in are woven within, you know, those cosmologies as well so these things these three supersede a lot of what we think how you know how the universe works or how our lives work and things like that so uh the first three like i said they are immutable so you can't change them and the last four are mutable so they can be changed based on how you used and how you uh basically 
adhere to the first three. So I'll run them off now. So the first one, the law of mentalism. The second one is the law of correspondence. The third, the law of vibration. The fourth, the law of polarity is mutable. The fifth, the law of rhythm is is mutable as well. The law of cause and effect is also mutable. And the law of gender is, um, I don't know if this one is so much mutable or immutable. It's just kind of just there. Uh, then you also have uh, the law of attraction, which plays a part, but it, you know, it runs through all seven in a way. So it, it, it's like interwoven between all seven of them. So you, if you look these up, you know, you, you might see that there's 12 or 14 or, you know, all these. But these are the main seven tenets. And like I said, we're going to be speaking about the first three. So the first one, the law of mentalism is basically saying that the universe is, me- is mental. Everything we see and experience and our physical world has its origin in the mental realm, you know, and it's just one single consciousness that pervades over the universe. And one thing that we know is we've all heard uh, mind over matter, mind over matter. You, you know, it's all about your attitude, how you think about things, how you think about yourself. The reason why those are the first things when you're learning to do anything in life, the first thing they, your teachers or instructors get to is the way you think about it because mind is over matter because the way you think about yourself and what you can do affects the outward appearance. So as within, so without. You see, and, you know, there's a inscription on and and, you know, you might have heard about this before. There's an inscription in Greece. Uh, they have a uh, one of the, the oracles there, the oracle temples in, in Greece. And out on the outside, it says, man, know thyself and you will know the gods. And the reason why it says that is because. When you know yourself, that's a mental space, meaning if you can figure out who you are and what you are, there's no limitation to what you can do. in an outward expression. Of self or an outward expression of the universe. You see, so. That's the law of mentalism, so that's the first law of all things is pretty much your attitude. And how you think about it or in it. I mean, in a way, it's it can be if you relearn something and unlearn something that also changes your paradigm about something. So if you've been trying to uh, break through a barrier in your life and it's not working, then maybe it's time to change your paradigm. Maybe it's time to change the way you think about a thing. Or whatever that issue is or situation is. You see. And once you do that, 
again, you are applying the first law of the universe. Then from there, we go into the second law of the universe, which is the law of correspondence, also immutable. This law is pretty much if you some of you may have heard of as above, so below, as above, you know, as below, so above. Also, as within, so without, as without, so within. And another way you might have heard it come, you know, in your life is as on earth as in heaven if that sounds familiar it's the same thing that's what this comes from that's where that phrase comes from is this is the law of correspondence and it's pretty much harmony and agreement between the physical mental and spiritual planes of of existence you see so there's really no separation between the three although they do occupy you know different spaces but they're all connected they're you know the uh physical mental and your spiritual planes is your trinity and when the law of correspondence is happening and this goes so it ties back to the law of mentalism so as you think about yourself the outward expression reflects how you think about yourself. Your attitude reflects what's you're going to what's going to happen in your outside environment. So if you have a good attitude about something, like for example, Kobe Bryant told you that one of his biggest strengths is his attitude, his work ethic. And when you have that type of attitude, you're going to get the results because you're going to want to go and do all of the work that you can do you're gonna want to stay wake up at five o'clock hit that gym shoot all day long work on your craft and leave at 10 o'clock at night because your attitude is what's pushing you your attitude is what's driving you the mental state is what's driving you if you have low self-esteem what do you think is going to happen on the outside people are going to look at you with low self-esteem like oh he's not confident you know you hear a lot of women say you know well, it's the confidence for me i love a confident man you know there's you know there's nothing better than a confident man and the reason why that's because it started on the inside for him he's confident in the man that he is he's confident in what he can bring provide as a man and he's confident in how he sees himself that then translate into the outward you know his outside environment so now the women around him his friends around him the job interviews that he goes on they're all going to see that confidence and respond in kind so you know that's what the law of correspondence is about and the third one, immutable as well, is the law of vib- vibrations. And the law of vibration is simply that, you know, nothing rests. Everything is moving. Everything is vibrating. You know, the whole universe is constantly moving. So what that is going to tell you is 
even if you're in a space that seems uh, that you're down on yourself or you seem stagnant, once you remember that the universe itself is just nothing but pure energy and it's constantly moving from the very foundation of the universe and atoms, they're constantly vibrating, they're constantly moving and they respond. <laughs> and here's the best part. They respond to your thoughts and feelings about what's going on inside. And then that translates to what's going on on the outside of you. So you have the ability. It's almost like a supernatural power to pick yourself up out of whatever situation that you're in and change that. And this is where the law of attraction comes in. You see, like energy attracts like energy, basically. You know, and. These three laws are immutable for that reason, because they set up the foundation. They're a trinity. You see, the law of mentalism is your mental space. The law of correspondence will basically be your how the outward is, you know, your environment around you responds to you. And the law of vibration will be your spiritual self is constantly moving. Your spirit is never down. You might emotionally feel down, but your spirit does not respond to the same stimuli that your ego responds to. So these are the main three tenets that can truly help transform who you are, how you see the universe, and it can honestly change your paradigm to even make you even greater if you feel like you're in a good space. Or it can bring you out of a space where you feel like you don't have anywhere else to go. You've, you've been searching for answers in one way and you didn't find it. You, you went you exhausted all the things that you knew how to do. And yet you haven't found any way out. So now you need to go back to the basics and this is the basics. It's unfortunate that, you know, a lot of us don't know about these laws and they're not taught in the school systems as they should be, because all things follow these tenets. It doesn't matter whether you white, black, you know, Hindi, you, you follow Buddhism, it, it, you Japanese, it does not require you to believe it to be true for it to be true because we know all things in this in this life are mental we know that if you're not having a good day it's going to seem as if your environment as you go to work or you go to practice or you go to do anything it's going to seem like all that is gray and not having a good day too it's going to seem like the world's against you if you're internal is not if you're internally not having a good day we know that to be true we know that everything is constantly moving regardless if you're standing still you can stop what you're doing right now look out the window look down the hallway and something is always going to be moving matter of fact the earth is moving everything is vibrating so that tells you that there's infinite energy that you can tap into to change 
how you feeling or what's going on within you. But you just have to know that and remember that it's there and keep that at the forefront of your mind. You see, so I think that, you know, these three basic amazing tools that you have at your disposal, even though you have to abide by them, you can also use them to manifest what you're trying to manifest. You know, you're trying to get through school. Definitely, you need to know and remember that everything is mental, especially with learning. And once you, you know, and it's just, it's levels to it. And I think that, um, and, uh, and again, I'll link to a few, you know, article or two, so you can go through and, you know, look at these for yourself or you can, you know, please go and Google or whatever search engine that you use, look up these laws, you know, and one of them, one of the, uh, my favorite ones that allows me to, you know, that gets me going outside of the main three is that, uh, is number five, the law of rhythm. And the law of rhythm is basically, you know, even though we're just kind of, it's kind of hard to deal with those three and not talk about the other ones. Like, the law of attraction and how that affects everything. Cause a lot of people, that's the most popular thing. The law of attraction, everyone wants to attract, you know, positive, whatever it is that they wanted to attract, right? You want to attract a, a mate. You want to attract a good man, a good woman. You want to attract money. You want to attract, you know, good luck or whatever may have you. So that might be the most popular one, but it, without these three, it doesn't work, you know, but for for me, when I was learning about this, the law of rhythm is the one that kind of stood out to, for me. You know, everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall, right? It's like a pendulum. And the nice thing about the law of rhythm is you can transcend it because once you become aware of the kind of backward movement as it says here in the article and i'll read it to you it says uh you must become aware of the subtle start of the backward movement in any of your endeavors whether it be to improve your health your finances your relationships or any goal you may set in motion so once you're aware of what you're trying to do and meaning you're being intentional about what's going on in your life it goes back to rule number one the, you know law of mentalism once you're being intentional about it then <laughs> again it's another level the law of correspondence comes in then once the law of correspondence kicks in you know as within so without so now you're being intentional now the universe has seen your intention now the potentiality of whatever you're trying to manifest starts to break starts to manifest you know starts to collapse and now the law of vibration 
now comes in. So now you are intentional. The universe recognizes you, recognizes your intent. The potentiality and the manifestation starts to vibrate and it starts to become tangible for you to get to for you to get to wherever you need to get to. Then the law of attraction starts to come in where now you are start to attract the information and or the resources, whether it's human resources, whether it's money, whether it's whatever type of resource that you need to fulfill, whatever it is that you're trying to do starts to come your way, starts to, you know, make itself known. Right. So once you're aware of it, as it says, you can then notice when you're starting to back out, you know, go backwards. And once you realize that you're starting to go backwards, you can then change it all. And that's why the law of rhythm is mutable, because you can stop the backwards momentum of that flow. Because as I said, it's a the law of rhythm talks about the flow of your life, the flow of whatever you're getting into. You see, and we all know it flows. There's peaks and valleys and flows, but you don't have to go down in the valley if you don't want to. Or, you know, to be fair, you don't have to go up if you don't want to. You can stop yourself from going up to a more uh, energetic space or more positive space if you don't want to. If you want to stay down in in the dumps, so to say, then you can do that because we've all done that. We all been in a situation where we don't want to feel good. We want to be, you know, all sad and shit. And we've been in situations where we don't want to be sad. We just want to stay happy. We want to stay excitable. So though that is the law of rhythm. So you may not have known that's what it was or what it's classified as, but you've known that, oh, snap, man, I'm, I feel like, you know, a bad day is coming or I feel like I'm starting to feel down. You can immediately, as soon as you realize that, you can immediately stop it from happening. You see. And all you have to do is keep your thoughts focused on your outcome and fight to remain positive when you feel that backward transition happening. It may take it's going to take energy. It's going to take you to be intentional to keep yourself moving and to keep yourself from dipping down but it can be done you see but it only can be done when you have the first three the law of, you know everything is mental once i'm once i got the mental down it the universe and my environment corresponds to the that mental space and then the potentiality starts to collapse into what i need and tools that I need and that vibration starts to vibrate in my favor. And I think if we can get those three down and understand what's going on with the rest of the four and how they're mutable and not mutable, you know, and whatever, which way you want to go with it, then that can honestly lift you up lift your family up lift your community up out out of the situation that we find ourselves in and the divers report 
you know, I read the definition of being humble, right? And we saw that being humble is probably not the best thing. And we've been taught that it's somehow some part of a good trait to have, you know, having low estimate of one's own importance or having low social administrative or political rank, you know, having lower dignity or importance. And I, I want to tie that back in because now everything we just talked about, about the three laws of the universe that are immutable, but also all seven, right? The law of mentalism. So if you're walking around here, you know, in your life, trying to be humble all the time, I just read the definitions back to you about being humble. What do you think the law of mentalism is going to do? Then the law of correspondence. So you're out here lowering yourself in the presence of other people, in the presence of nature itself. What do you think? How do you think people are going to respond to you? And then what do you think the law of vibration is going to do? You're going to have a slower vibration. Your atoms are going to move slower. The things that you want to manifest aren't going to manifest as fast as you would if you weren't humble. If you were just living your life and being that you are. You see. So I hope that kind of makes sense now. That the reason why I... I you know, it just that humble and modest act that a lot of people are doing and they think it's a, some type of some a good thing to do. It is not. And this is one of the things that I find that we don't really it, it's almost the culture overall is almost illiterate sometimes because we use these words and we make it. As if it's sometime, some sort of good thing or we mix words up thinking they mean something else. And it really honestly matters. The words that you use to talk. The words that you use to, to you know, speak about the self. It matters. You need to make sure that the words that you're using to talk about yourself means what you think it means. And that's one of the things that I had to learn, and I still do it today. You know, it, it, I'm not I'm definitely guilty of it. You know, I've been brought up in the same society as all of you. And I still do it today. I catch myself all the time. You know, but one thing I'm not going to do anymore now that I'm re uh, acclimating myself with the laws of the universe going forward. I'm not going to be play this humble guy. I'm not I'm just going to allow myself to shine as I am. I am going to be that I am. You know, there's no need and there's no room and there's no time anymore to play humble. It's time to get what you're going to get in life, get, get to where you're trying to get to. And being humble is, is a stumbling block in your way. And you need to move it. And the way that we move those things and the way that we get to where we want to go, especially now in this in this world's climate we have to reroute ourselves in truth. So with that, I'll leave you to it. 
and I hope that uh, and I'll link to those articles and topics in the show notes as well if you want to go check them out for yourself and until next time stay dangerous be peaceful Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking Podcast. And I just want to say sorry if you heard any uh, pings or dings during the podcast. It's been, you know, trying to record this episode today. I had a lot of work going on, different computers up and running. So, again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Like and subscribe on iTunes and or SoundCloud. Tell a friend, tell a family member, share it on your social media. Uh, we're trying to expand and see where this podcast takes us all. Look for episode nine next week. And until then, peace.